Welcome to Voices of Church Past. I am your host, Rob Barhart. We'll be listening to Novation and his arguments on the Trinity. What if Moses pursues this same rule of truth and delivers to us the beginning of his sacred writings, this principle by which we may learn that all things were created and founded by the Son of God, that is, by the Word of God? For he says the same that John and the rest say, Nay, both John and the others were perceived to have received him for what they say. For John says, All things were made by him. Without him was nothing made. The prophet David too says, I tell my works to the king. Moses, moreover, introduces God, commanding that there should be light at the first, that the heaven should be established, the water should be gathered into one place, and that the dry land should appear, that the fruit should be brought forth according to its seed, that the animals should be produced, that lights should be established in heaven, and stars. He shows that none other was then present to God, by whom these works were commanded, that they should be made, that he, by whom all things were made, without whom nothing was made. And if he is the word of God, for my heart has uttered forth a good word, he shows that in the beginning the word was, and that this word was with the Father, and besides that the word was God, and that all things were made by him. Moreover, this word was made flesh and dwelt among us, to wit, Christ, the Son of God, both on receiving subsequently as man according to the flesh, and seeing before the foundation of the world to be the God, to be the Word of God and God, we reasonably, according to instruction of the Old and New Testament, believe and hold to be, as well as God as man, Jesus Christ. What if the same Moses introduces God, saying, Let us make man after our own image and likeness? Below, and God made man. In the image of God, he made him male and female. Made he them. If we have already shown it is the Son of God by whom all things were made, certainly it was the Son of God by whom also man was ordained, on whose account all things were made. Moreover, when God commands that man should be made, he is said to be God who makes man, but the Son of Man makes man, does say the word of God by whom all things were made, without whom nothing was made. And this word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Therefore Christ is God. Therefore man was made by Christ, as by the Son of God. But God made man in the image of God. He is therefore God who made man in the image of God. Therefore Christ is God. So that with reason, neither does the testimony of the Old Testament waver concerning the person of Christ, being supported by the manifestation of the New Testament, nor is the power of the New Testament detracted from, while its truth is resting on the root of the same Old Testament. Once they who presume Christ the Son of God, and man to be only man, and not God also, do so in opposition to both the Old and New Testaments, and that they corrupt the authority and truth of both of the Old and New Testaments, what if the same Moses everywhere introduces God the Father infinite and without end, not as being enclosed in any place, but as one who includes every place, nor as one who in a place, but rather one whom is in every place, containing all things, embracing all things, so that with reason he can neither descend nor ascend, because he himself is both, both contains and fills all things, yet nevertheless introduces God descending. To consider the tower which the sons of men were building, and asking, Come, let us go down and confound their tongues, that each one may not understand the words of his neighbor. 
Whom do they pretend here to have been the God who descended to that tower and asked you to visit those men at that time? God the Father? Then thus he is enclosed in a place. How does he embrace all things? Or, how, or does he say it that it, it is an angel descending with angels and saying, Come, consequently, let go down there and confound their tongues. Yet in Deuteronomy we observe, God told these things, and God said where it is written, when he scattered abroad the children of Abraham, Adam, he determined the bounds of the nations according to the number of angels of God. Neither, therefore, did the Father descend, as the subject itself indicates, nor did an angel command these things, as the facts show. Then it remains that he must have descended, of whom the apostle says, He who descended is the same, descended above all heavens, that he might fill all things. That is the Son of God, the Word of God. The Word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. This must be Christ, therefore Christ must be declared to be God. Behold, the same Moses tells us in another place that God was seen of Abraham. And yet the same Moses hears from God that no man could see God and live. God cannot be seen, how was God seen? Or if he was seen, how is it that he cannot be seen? John also says, no man has seen God at any time. The Apostle Paul whom no man has seen nor can see. But certainly, Scripture does not lie. Therefore, truly, God was seen, whence it may be understood. It is not the Father who was seen, seeing that he was never was seen, but the Son, who has been in both accustomed to descend and to be seen because he is, has descended. For he is the image of the invisible God, as the imperfection the frailty of the human condition was accustomed sometimes even then to see God the Father in the image of God, that is, in the Son of God. For gradually, by aggression, human frailty was to be strengthened by the image to that glory of being able one day to see God the Father. For the things that are great are dangerous as they are sudden. For even the sudden light of sun after darkness with its true great splendor will not make manifest the light of day to unaccustomed but will rather strike them with blindness. Unless this should occur to the injury of human eyes, the darkness is broken up and scattered by degrees. The rising of that luminary mounting by a small and unperceived increment gently accustoms men's eyes to bear its full orb by a gentle increase of its rays. Thus, therefore, Christ, also that is, the image of God and the Son of God, is looked upon by men, insomuch as he could be seen. And thus, the weakness and imperfection of human destiny is nourished, led up and educated by him, so that being accustomed to look upon the Son, they may one day be able to see God the Father himself, as he also is. That it may not be stricken by its sudden and intolerable brightness, be hindered from being able to see God the Father, whom it has always desired. Wherefore it is the Son who is seen, but the Son of God is the Word of God, and the Word of God was made flesh, dwelt among us, and this is Christ. What in the world is the reason that we should hesitate to call him God, who in so many ways is acknowledged and proved to be God? If moreover the angel meets with Hagar, Sarah's maid, driven from her home, Fellows turned away near the fountain of water in the way to Shur, asks and learns the reason of her flight, and after that offers her advice, that she should humble herself, and moreover gives her hope in the name 
of the name of mother, and pledges the promises that from her womb there should be numerous seed, and she should have Ishmael to be born from her, and with other things unfolds the place of his habitation, and describes his mode. Yet scripture sets forth this angel as both Lord and God. For he would not have promised the blessing of seed unless the angel had also been God. Let them ask what the heretics can make of this present passage. Was that the father that was seen by Hagar or not? For he is declared to be God. But far be it from us to call God the father an angel, lest he should be subordinate to another whose angel he would be. But they will say that it was an angel. How then shall he be God if he was an angel? Since his name nowhere concedes, conceded to angels, except that on either side of truth compels us into this opinion, and we ought to understand it to have been God the Son. Because he is of God, is rightly called God. Because he is the Son of God. Because he is subjected to the Father, and the announcer of father's, the Father's will, he is to be declared to be the angel of the great council. Therefore, although this passage neither is suited to the person of the Father, lest he should be called an angel, nor to the person of an angel, lest he should be called God, yet is suited to the person of Christ, that he should be both God, because he is the Son of God, should be an angel, because he is the announcer of the Father's mind. And the heretics ought to understand that they are setting themselves against Scripture, and that while they say they believe Christ to have been also an angel, they are unwilling to declare him to have been also God. When they read in the Old Testament that he often came to visit the human race, to this moreover, Moses added the instance of God seen of Abraham at the oak of Mature, when he was sitting at the opening of his tent a new day. Nevertheless, although he beheld three men, note that he called one of them Lord, and when he had washed their feet, he offers them bread baked on the ashes with butter and abundance of milk itself, and urges them that, being detained as guests, they should eat. And after I this he hears, also that he should be a father, and learns that Sarah his wife bring, should bring forth a son by him, and acknowledges concerning destruction of the people of Sodom, that they deserve to suffer, and learns that God has come down on the account of the cry of Sodom, which place, if they will have it, the father was seen at that time to have been received with hospitality in company with two angels. The heretics have believed the father to be visible. But if an angel, although of the three angels, one is called Lord, why, although it is not usual, is an angel called God? Unless because, in order that his proper invisibility may be restored to the Father and the proper inferiority to be remitted to the angel. It was only God the Son, who is God, who was seen by Abraham, and was believed to have been received with hospitality. For he anticipated sacramentally what he was hereafter to become. He was made of Abraham, being about to be among the sons of Abraham, and his children's feet. By way of proving what he was, he washed, returning in the children the claim of hospitality which formerly the father had put out to interest in him. Whence also that there might be no doubt, but that it was he who was of the Abraham 
on the destruction of the people of Sodom. It is declared, Then the Lord rained down upon Sodom and Gomorrah fire and brimstone from the Lord out of heaven. Thus also said the prophet in the person of God, I have overthrown you as the Lord overturned Sodom and Gomorrah. Therefore the Lord, Lord overturned Sodom, that is, God overturned Sodom, but in overturning of Sodom, the Lord rained fire from the Lord. And this Lord was the God seen by Abraham. And this God was of Abraham. Certainly seen because he was also touched. But although the Father, being invisible, was assuredly not at that time seen, he who was accustomed to be touched and seen was seen and received to hospitality. But this is the Son of God. The Lord reigned from the Lord upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone of fire. And this is the word of God. And the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is Christ, not the Father, and who was with Abraham, but Christ. Nor was it the Father who was seen, but the Son, and Christ was seen. Rightly, therefore, Christ is both Lord and God, who is not otherwise seen by Abraham. Except that as God the Word, he was begotten of God the Father before Abraham himself. Moreover, says Scripture, the same angel and God visits and consoles the same Hagar when driven with her son from dwelling of Abraham. When in the desert she had exposed the infant because the water had fallen short from the pitcher, and when the lad had cried out, she lifted up her weeping in lamentation. God heard, says the Scripture. The voice of the lad from the place where he was, having told that it was God who heard the voice of the infant, it as the angel of the Lord called Hagar herself out of heaven, saying that was an angel whom it had called God, announcing him to be Lord, whom it set forth as an angel, which angel of God moreover promises to Hagar herself greater consolations in saying, Fear not. For I have heard the voice of the lad from the place where he was. Arise and take up the lad and hold him, and I will make him a great nation. Why does this angel, if angel only, claim to himself this right of saying, I will make him a great nation? Since assuredly this kind of power belongs to God, it cannot belong to an angel. But also he is confirmed to be God, since he is able to do this, because by way of proving this very point is immediately added by Scripture, and God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of running water. She went and filled the water from the well, and gave to the lad, and God was with the lad. If then this God was with the Lord, who opened the eyes of Hagar, that she might see the well of running water, and might draw the water on the account of the urgent need of the lad's thirst, and this God who calls her from heaven is called an angel, when in previous hearing the voice of the lad cried, who is rather God, is not understood to be other than angel in a like manner as he was God also. And since this cannot be applicable or fitting to the Father, who is God only, what may be applicable to Christ is declared to be not only God but angel also. It manifestly appears that it was not the Father who thus spoke to Hagar, rather Christ, since he is God, and to him also is applied the name of angel since he became angel of the great council. He is the angel, in that he declares 
the bosom of the Father, as John set forth. For John himself says that he himself sets forth the bosom of the Father as the Word became flesh in order to declare the bosom of the Father. Surely Christ is not only man, but angel also. And not only angel, he is shown by Scripture to be God also. And this is to be believed to be the case by us. So that if we will not consent to apprehend that it is Christ who then spoke to Hagar, must either make an angel God, or must reckon God the Father Almighty among angels.